podcast, live stream, exciting things are happening in my life, folks. Some of you might be thinking I'm talking about my stand-up dates coming up on March 8th at Mike Drop in San Diego, and I have a few more to announce later on. No, that's not exactly what I'm excited about. I am excited about that in a way. There's exciting things about that. That's not what I'm particularly excited about. That's not what... It makes me excited to think about those dates. It makes me excited about uh, doing stand-up in a place, seeing people, meeting people. But there's something else going on. Something very important that I would like to share. And I will show it to the camera if you're not watching uh, on video. I want you to just imagine. I'm going to paint a picture for you. I won this. I won this at Buffalo Wild Wings. It's a Buffalo Wild Wings t-shirt. It says, Buffalo Wild Wings Go. Some of you might be asking, why does my t-shirt say Buffalo Wild Wings Go? What does the go have to do with it? And I can only imagine that there was a marketing team at Buffalo Wild Wings, and they said, how about we have a shirt that says Buffalo Wild Wings? And they say, they say, uh, well, that's too boring. We can't just have Buffalo Wild Wings on the shirt. Can we add something? And a drunk, disgruntled worker there said, what about go? Let's just add go to the shirt. Wouldn't that be fun? He was being sarcastic when he uh, when he came up with that. But then everybody at the meeting was like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? We have some questions already in the chat, and I'm going to answer a couple of them. What do you think is a healthy amount of road rage? Anything that doesn't involve getting out of the car or if there was a recorder in the car would not end you up on an FBI watch list. That's a healthy amount of road rage. I think it's very normal to be upset on the road. I think it's very normal to be uh, angry with people in, in, in general. I think perhaps there's not enough of that in this world. I think perhaps we've gone to a point of sterility in our lives where justified righteous anger is sometimes replaced with this sort of tedious, monotonous, behind the back, gossipy, in their face, being nice to them sort of conversation style, which I don't like. I don't appreciate that. And I think it should change. So I would say a healthy amount of road rage is anything that is not you exiting your vehicle. You're in the clear. You're doing all right. If you are exiting your vehicle, slow down. Okay? Slow down. Someone asked if I watched the Super Bowl. I did watch the Super Bowl. Um, I don't have any real opinions on it or on football. We have some questions that were sent in, and I'm going to answer some of them right now. We're going to have them up. Ooh, right there. Isn't this a high-tech show? My soon-to-be ex-husband text just texted me, Happy birthday, which I want to respond, F you. Is this normal? First of all, the wholesomeness of this message is unbelievable. I like to picture the people who send me these messages. To put F you, you're, you are such a sweet person. You're so lovely. Not to say that I don't appreciate swearing. I love swearing. Balls. Shit. Right? The list goes on. But when people avoid swearing, there is something just kind of that I naturally like about that and there's something I naturally like about this. I think of a I think of a woman who who has a few drinks on the weekend and maybe lets a swear fly, but other than that you're thinking about the Lord. Alright? You can't let those cusses exit your mouth because you got prayers coming out of that. 
You can't have cusses and prayers coming out the same hole. You know what I mean? That's God's hole, baby. <laughs> I love this show. But your soon-to-be ex-husband just texted you happy birthday. Isn't that the move? Folks, if we really look at ourselves, if we look at our pasts, what day more is more likely for a person to pop back up in your life that you don't want other than your birthday? Your birthday is essentially just an invitation for every person you have ever had sex with to pop their head up once more. That's all a birthday is. All a birthday really is. They could they should call it a person you fucked texting you again day. It's a little wordy, isn't it? But I think that's all that is. I mean, you he had the opening, he took it. Well, he didn't really have the opening. He had a perceived opening, which was not uh not really the case, but hey, he wants he wants to let you know that he wants you to have a happy birthday. You want to respond f you? I mean, it would be really funny to respond with a censored version of your swear. I think that that's honestly, in a lot of ways, an incredibly good way to make someone feel really unsettled. Because if you say, if you if you actually curse at that person, they'll know where you stand. But if you say, "Hey, hey, Bucko, buzz off," I would be I would be like, "I'm about to be killed by this person." That's my thought. So maybe do just just respond F you. I'm sorry that your ex-husband, soon to be ex, is texting you on your birthday. Text him text him back a picture of you uh of you having a good time at the Bible study. I'm sure that you frequent. That's what you should do. You don't win you don't win by talking down to people. You win by doing better. The best form of revenge is doing better. Put that on the rafters. That's the saying. Put that on the rafters. God, my brain is broken. Next question. How much stuff should someone own? Okay, that's a great question. I'm going to give you a great answer. Ten. Ten things. You need ten things. Let's go over them right now. We're going to go over the ten things that you need to own. Everything else is superfluous, okay? Number one, rice cooker. Number two, bed frame. Not necessarily bed. Bed frame. You can't have people, you can't have women online get angry at you. So you need a bed frame. That's why most men have a bed frame right now. Because women online voice their malcontent with the level of bed frames in most men's lives. So we have rice cooker, bed frame. Um, I mean, I don't, not, not much else. You know what? I said 10 things starting this off. You need two things. You need a rice cooker and you need a bed frame. Sure, the food to go in the rice cooker. Sure, maybe a bed or a pile of leaves on top of the bed frame. That's a cool move. That's a cool, oh, you want to complain that men don't have bed frames? All right, I'll have the frame. But you're sleeping on a pile of leaves if you come over. You're sleeping on a big pile of leaves. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. God, thank you, chat, for reminding me. 
Here's the four things you need. I said 10. I was actually being a little bit ostentatious. You need four things. You need a rice cooker. You need a bed frame. You need socks and sandals. Boom. Four things. That's how much stuff you should own. Everything else gone in the fire. Everything else can rot away, can be taken in a mudslide. That's all you need. Great question. Next question. Does being evil make you richer? I hope so. I hope it does. Here's why. We all know that being evil is not just bad for the person who is evil. It's bad for them, or it's not just bad for the people around the person who is evil. It's bad for the person who is evil. Our bad actions weigh on our soul. Everything we do makes an imprint on us, right? The body keeps the score, as they say. So if you are evil, the hope is that you become rich. Why? Because there's no sadder existence than a evil, poor person. That's awful. That is the worst life imaginable. Wanting to control people with your power and having none of it? Horrible existence. I don't wish that on anyone. In fact, if you are evil, I wish you money because at least you have something. At least you have something. I'm saying this broadcasting from my kitchen, which is my studio, um, which is connected to my bedroom, which is all I have in this world. But, and maybe I am evil. I don't know. I, th those aren't things for me to say. That's for uh, people like you. If you are evil, God, I hope you're rich. If you're not, if you're evil and you're not rich, just think about becoming good. Because just pick one of those. Oh, this is a great question, one that I have absolutely no business answering, which are my favorite kinds of questions. Someone in the chat just asked, any advice for a teenager, my daughter, entering high school this fall? First of all, wow, your position as a mom about to send your daughter off to high school. Any advice for your teenager? I would say... Tell her to find the biggest, strongest girl in the school, the scariest girl in the school, the most terrifying girl in the school. Tell her to go right up to her and tell, give her a compliment. You know that old prison advice where they're like, when you go to prison, you should go up to the biggest, strongest guy in the yard and punch him in the face? That's like that's like the the when you see a bear you should play dead. It's like that was propaganda made by someone who wants to hurt you. No, I don't know. Uh what advice should I give your daughter? I guess I guess just don't have a lot of expectations. It's not going to be what you think. It's scary and it might feel scary, but try to relinquish your expectations. I know that's kind of a uh a high concept for a 15-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, but see if she can do it. See, see if you, you can be like, hey, I know that you're expecting for this to be one way. I can only go off of my experience because uh, when I was... Oh, and another thing. Don't... Oh, this is a big one. And this is something that I don't think that you can really... Uh, you can really teach someone. I think they just have to like learn it. At least over time, you can't just tell them to do it and they do it. But it's like, don't let... 
what you think is cool distinguish or define what you do try to just do the things that you like because that's the coolest thing i know that's so after school special but i didn't do drama until uh junior year and i only did it junior year because my friends did it and then i felt like it was cool for me to do but i wanted to act all through high school and the reason why i did it is because i was literally afraid that people would call me like gay for it I was, I, that, that's where my mind was at that age. When you're like a high school boy, your, your like number one priority is that no one, at least where I'm from, is that no one calls you gay. It's the biggest fear in the world. I wish I could go back to myself at that age and just be like, hey man, just do drama, you idiot. Just do the thing that you want to do. But, you know, high school boys are uh, are idiots all to varying degrees. And I'm sure high school girls are idiots to similar varying degrees. But, yeah, if I could give myself one piece of advice in high school, it would be don't let being cool stop you. Or don't let wanting to be cool stop you from doing things that you actually might want to do and pursue. I mean, I'm lucky that I am performing and like I, I do like stuff on stage but I think I would have been a lot comfortable and gotten to it a lot sooner if I didn't have that fear and you know also you no know, no that's that's the only advice I think that's sound I think that's sound advice I would say good job Dan because me patting myself on the back on a live stream what is what have we what have we become Oh, this is an interesting question we got in the chat. Do you have any advice for a loser friend of mine? Whoa, 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 whoa. Er, we are we are going to dive into the question instead of answering the question itself. We should have I should have a buzzer for whenever I do that. Loser friend? Hey, buddy. You gotta stop saying that. If you think your friend is a loser, you got to do one or two things. Cut them off as your friend or dig deep into yourself. Because you shouldn't think any of your friends are losers. You can think your friends are going through troubling times. You can think your friend's behavior reflect those of someone that you would consider a loser. Because that happens all the time. But if you think your friend is a loser, drop the friend or go down deep down inside yourself but i i think either way you really shouldn't be calling your friends losers man that's really mean that's mean and that's not cool and you're not i'm not saying you're a mean person but that's a mean thing that you did you should not be calling your friends losers i love my friends my friends and my friends are my friends act like idiots most of the time but I don't think they're losers. I think they act like idiots sometimes. I think they, they can do things that are silly. But you, sh you shouldn't be calling your friend a loser. Um, somebody just said, the, the person who made the original message just said, it's my friend. I could never be such an embarrassing person. It's definitely not me. Hey. 
and I don't, I'm not a psychologist, right? But if you're writing down in the comments, it's definitely not me. It might be you. Take another look. Take, hey, take another look in there. Great question, though. Hey, it led to an interesting discussion, your question. Oh, oh, I get what you're saying. I'm sorry. You're you're saying it's you that you're talking about. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Well, you shouldn't be calling yourself a loser. You should be a friend to yourself. Don't call yourself a loser. That's the first step is don't call yourself a loser. And here's the thing. Okay, we're going to get into a little bit of a deeper conversation. I'm sorry I couldn't read the subtext of your message right away. I'm glad that we got to the bottom of it. I am a big believer in the fact that self-confidence isn't just something that, like, cocky, arrogant people have. There's There's been this weird thing, and I think it happened in media, where, like, like we love heroic people— or like people who are like heroes who are like sort of underdogs and stuff. And that's great. I, I love an underdog story. But it's gotten to the point where I think people think that there's like this sort of virtue in having low self-esteem. And as someone who does have like relatively low self-esteem a lot of the times, like I, I feel like when I'm at my worst, I do kind of talk down about myself and say bad things about myself. That's not good. And that shouldn't be like seen as like oh yeah like cool no it's actually cool to have low self-esteem it's not and here's why not only is that not a good thing overall for your mental health for your uh for your you know physical well-being it also makes you really bad at advocating for yourself which is the number to me like the number one bad thing about low self-esteem is when you don't think you're worth anything then you'll kind of take anything that's thrown at you because you don't think you're worth anything. So you're like, oh, if I get treated like shit by this person, then that's actually fine because that's what I deserve. So you shouldn't be feeling that way about yourself. It, it's okay that you are, right? But just know that the best way to get the things that you want are going to be through learning how to not feel feel like you're a loser and that doesn't necessarily mean changing anything about yourself it just kind of means treating yourself like a person that you love that's how it should be aren't i aren't i just the smartest guy in the world i'm such an idiot i don't know any of the things that i'm saying are true but i like talking i love sitting here and talking and i hope you all can appreciate that this question is, should I get back with my ex-fiance? He broke it off. What not that always the question? And isn't it always the person who broke it off? Isn't that always the case? We want to get back with the ex-fiance who, uh, who broke things off with us. We want to get back with the ex-girlfriend who broke things off with us. Because when we get back with them, what does it do? Just like we were talking about before, it makes us feel validated. We took a bit of an L, and when we take an L, we want to make it up. We want to get it back. Don't always have to do that. Losses are meant to teach us lessons, right? 
And if we don't let those losses teach us lessons, we end up, what, having sex in the back of a van with someone we don't like? Great question. Do I text back the man who hasn't texted me in a week? We do this a lot, but vibe super hard. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Do I text back the man who hasn't texted me in a week? We do this. Okay, can I ask you a question? Whoever asked this question? You say we do this a lot. Do we do this a lot or do they do this a lot? Big difference. Sometimes, sometimes I've seen this a lot. We get into situations where we go, oh yeah, we just have a funny little thing, me and this person. We just have a silly little way of interacting. And then we look back on it, it's like, oh, that person was just being mean to me, actually. I was actually on the receiving end of someone being mean to me, and I couldn't really catch it. Because I thought we were just having a fun little thing. Is this a little thing that you guys do? Or are you doing it to him? Is he doing it to you? Maybe this is a flirty, fun little thing that you guys do. Or is it something? Because clearly, if you're asking the question, and I'm glad you did ask the question, clearly this is something that's kind of on your mind, something that's weighing on you a little bit. And that's fine. We all have stuff that does that. But is this a fun, silly little back and forth that we have? Oh, the fun we have when he doesn't text me back for a week. Or... Are you on the receiving end of a not-so-chill situation? I'm not I'm not saying that this person is doing... I mean, not texting someone back for a week isn't the coolest thing to do, but there's, there's a spectrum to bad behavior. I think that is on the much more innocuous side of things, obviously. Unless they're doing other stuff, which I don't know about. All I have to go off of is the questions. But I would seriously ask that you go inside yourself and you go, is it we who do this all the time? Or is it he who do this all the time? Great question. Next question. Oh, similar question. Wow. Whoa, what's going on, folks? Hey, are we okay? I had a great connection with a guy on a date. Then he disappeared. What should I do? Ah, that's a tough one, right? It's a tough one. Because I I mean, the first instinct and what everybody would say to this, I think, uh, from an outside perspective is like, you just got to leave it. You got to leave it be. They won't text you back. It's good. But I don't know how how deep the connection was. If, if, if they disappeared, you got to respect that. I'll, I'll say that. If they if they disappeared, you got to respect them disappearing. I would say one text message, maybe maybe a follow-up text message. That's it. That's it. Gah. One text message, maybe, and you're, you're pushing it, but maybe a follow-up text message. Yeah. Because every time I've been in that situation and I've been like, well, we, I mean, the date went great. Let me, sometimes people are just really good at dates and really good at making you feel really good at making you feel like good on dates. Like some people are just talented like that. And that's a, that's a cool thing on their part, but you can't confuse that with, oh, I should message this person a bunch now. One time. And if they're not messaging you back, it didn't go so good on their end. That's not that bad of a thing. Listen, people don't have perfect taste. All right? You got to remember that. Not everyone has perfect taste, like like me, for instance. I do. But there's a lot of people who don't. This might just be one of those people. You know what I mean? Or maybe you 
sucked on the date. We've all sucked on dates before. I've done really bad in both ways. I've done really bad on dates. I've done horrible on dates. I've had dates that lasted, I would say, a total of like, truly 25 minutes before I was like, I can't, hey, I'm out of here. That's not a bad thing. Sometimes, I mean, it could be a lot of things. Just make sure at the end of the day, if I can do one thing with this podcast, hopefully, it is to discourage people from doing mild stalking. One text, depending, maybe a second text if I don't, but probably not the second text, and definitely nothing more than that. There's a question now. What beer should I drink tonight? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What beer should I drink tonight? Who are you? The best question answer in the whole world? What beer should you drink tonight? Depends who you are. Depends what you're up to. Are you kind of a kind of a relaxed guy in his 20s, early 30s? Do you wear a decent amount of flannels? Do you like to play uh, board games with your friends? Okay, if that is the case, I would say a Miller High Life. You want to do a Miller High Life. They call it the champagne of beers. Why, you ask? If you leave it out for a day or two and then drink it, it tastes exactly like champagne. My friend Nick said that. Nick's dead now. Moving on. Now, if you're more of an aristocrat, if you're a guy who wears cardigans, if you have glasses, if you often annoy people in social situations, then you're going to want a nice craft stout. I'll, I'll say also, if you're, like, if you're like a big portly guy who's also very strong, you want to drink a stout. You want to drink a dark, dark beard. That's your big beard, big beard, robust man, or a uh, just a generally kind of annoying guy. You want a stout. I'm telling you uh, right now, I'm the annoying guy. I'm that. I like a stout. I would love to be robust too, but I, I my body can't put on weight like that, unfortunately. Um, if you're if you're a woman, if you're a woman, the world is your oyster. I've noticed that women really like Modelo. I don't really know why that is. But just something that I've sort of seen. You know what I mean? Just something that I've noticed. Is that crazy of me to say? Maybe. But if I get canceled for that take, I deserved it. Oh, that's back to our original question. Wow, those are all the questions. I'm going to see if we have anything in the chat to answer. What's your favorite self-love and acceptance quote? This isn't necessarily a self-love and acceptance quote, but I do really I do go back to this quite a bit. Don't curse the dark light a candle, right? Don't curse the dark light a candle. And I it's cuz I often find myself cursing like uh cursing things that could just be controlled with my own actions at least to some of a degree, but yeah, that's my favorite one. Okay, my I guess I'm sorry. I moved on too quickly. We're having some very uh robust discussion. I love the word robust. I'm sorry. In the chat about beer. We have we have a Guinness girl. That's interesting. 
I would say that you you could hold your own in a fist fight. If you're a woman who drinks Guinness, my guess is you could hold your own in a fist fight. Um, and we have another person in the chat saying Stella. Stella is like the if you're a college if you're in college and you want to feel fancy, you have a Stella. If you if you want to feel fancy but you only have six dollars in your bank account currently, you get a Stella. Someone said I can't with beer, but vodka is bay. Hey, that, that that's not what we're talking about right now. All right, and I know that you're getting excited because everybody has access to the live chat, and that's a pretty cool thing about this. But calm down. All right, calm down, Leroy. Well, that's the episode. Again, I will be performing live stand-up comedy in uh, San Diego. This will be on March 8th. You can get your tickets at micdropcomedy.com. Just look for March 8th, and you'll see my uh, my mug. It's also on my social media. But uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate you all, and uh, have a good one.